Welcome to Simple Truth, the teaching ministry of Pastor Eddie Turner and Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Through the practical and simple explanation of God's Word, Pastor Eddie has taught the Word of God to thousands of people around the world. The following message is from a recent service at Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Let's join Pastor Eddie as he shares simple truths from God's Word. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, I'm reading from the New King James this time. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now look at it at the New Living Translation, the NLT. It says this, same verses, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Every week now, every single week, I receive calls from precious friends who need to talk. They need to, Pastor, can we talk? Can I meet with you and talk? Do you have time to talk? These are people who love Jesus. But the stress of life has invaded their world. And for relief and escape, they have turned to things. And those things they turn to have now enslaved them. Okay. Friends. Friends who allowed themselves to become dependent on alcohol. But when it first started, it was simply social drinking with friends to take the edge off of a tough day. Okay. Others are drowning in consumer debt, but it didn't start that way. It was just an occasional shopping spree to escape the stress of life and reward themselves for their hard work. And now they can't stop it. It started just as an occasional anxiety medication because of upheaval the family was going through. And I just simply needed my emotions calm, so I periodically took the medication, but now I must have it every day just to cope. These are are calls I've received. It it was an innocent conversation with a co-worker. Nothing sinful about it. But over time, it turned into an emotional attachment. And then the physical attraction consumed my mind. And now I am tormented with images of being with this person. Pastor, it was just pain medication prescribed by my physician following surgery. I don't know how, but I've gotten hooked on this stuff. I know it's keeping me from God's best, and I don't think I can survive anymore without it. I know I can't go back and change a thing about that past incident. I know it will never happen again. But what they did to me continues to haunt me years later, and I can't get past it. 
on and on and on the scenarios play out. Believers in Christ finding themselves bound by fear, chemical addictions, anxiety, pornography, debt, alcohol, unforgiveness, sleepless nights, eating disorder, an assortment of other issues that are adversely controlling their lives. I'm not referring now, I'm not referring to the stereotypical drug addict or sexual predator or person who has lived a hard life of drugs, alcoholism, and addiction. I'm referring to the person sitting right beside you this morning in church, who loves Christ and loves their family, but they are secretly struggling, trying to cope with the pain of living in a toxic world. We live in a super stress environment. And if you don't believe me, drive down Memorial on Friday. Just Friday, Friday. I'd, I'd prayed in the Spirit that morning. I'd gone out on the patio and spent a few minutes praying and meditating on the goodness of God. And then I get in my car and I go to, over to see Amanda at, uh, uh, at the store, Casey's store, her and Casey's store. And, and, and there's, there's hardly, it's early, it's right when they open, hardly anybody shopping, anybody in the parking lot whatsoever. I pull in, I mean, there's parking places galore, and I just whipped into one, and I didn't realize there was a guy walking close to where I whipped in. Now, I just finished praying in the Spirit. I just, I was listening to K-Love on the radio. And all of a sudden, he just does this and starts hollering at me. And next thing I knew, I'm out of my car and I'm doing this and hollering back at him and telling him before I left that Jesus loved him. In another language. And I walked away from that and said, what is wrong with me? What in the world? I just, I just got finished worshiping in the car. I just got finished praying. And here I am getting ready to beat the fire out of this, this punk. In fact, I, I said, he's a punk. And I think I heard the, heard the Lord say, yeah, he is a punk. I, th- I really believe that. Super stress environment, just a super stress environment. Whether young or old, we all experience. I mean, it just gets on you before you know it. It's just the world we live. And it's not just for older people, younger people as well. In fact, look look what the prophet said in Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 30. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 30 says this, Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Even youth will become weak and tired. And young men, young men will fall. The the toxic world will get to everybody. But they who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Now, I've learned this over the years, that not all stress is bad. 
Some stress is beneficial and it helps us. Stress is a normal physical response to events that make you feel threatened or upset your balance in some way. For example, when you sense danger, when you sense danger, whether it's real or imagined, the body's defense, defenses kick into high gear in a rapid what they refer to as fight-or-flight reaction. And that's known as the stress response. It's the body's way of protecting you. When you're working, when it works properly, it helps you stay focused and energetic and alert. For example, in emergency situations, stress can save your life, giving you an extra strength to defend yourself. Like Barney, my whole body's a weapon. It's stress that spurs you on to slam on the brakes to avoid an accident. It's that stress response that saves our life. The stress response also helps us to rise to meet challenges. Stress is what keeps you on your toes during a presentation at work. It sharpens an athlete's concentration when attempting the game-winning free throw. It drives you to study for an exam when you'd rather be watching TV. So stress can be beneficial. Yet beyond a certain point, stress stops being helpful and starts causing major, major damage to our health, our productivity, our relationships, and our quality of life. And more and more, I encounter church folk Christian folk, godly people, good people who are experiencing stress overload. Stress overload manifests itself in a bunch of ways. Number one, it affects your mental abilities. The science world calls it your cognitive abilities. It causes memory problems, inability to concentrate, poor judgment, seeing only the negative in life. Anxious or racing thoughts and constant worry. When you get in stress overload, these are things that happens in your mind. Now, when I finish this list, you're going to say to your person next to you, My God, I need prayer. I'm, I'm in stress overload. It not only affects your mental abilities, it affects your emotional health. When we get in stress overload, it makes you moody. Irritable or short-tempered. Punk. Agitation. Inability to relax. Feeling overwhelmed. A sense of loneliness. Isolation. Depression and general unhappiness. Not only does it affect you mentally and emotionally, it affects you physically. All of a sudden, aches and pains. Nausea, dizziness, chest pains, rapid heartbeat, frequent colds, brought on by nothing more than stress overload. And then it affects your behavior. Eating more. I live a stressful life. (laughs) Eating less. Sleeping too much. Sleeping too little. Isolating yourself from others procrastinating, neglecting, or even turning to alcohol, cigarettes, and drugs. 
It's the world in which we live. This stress is impacting every person on the earth nowadays. We live in a toxic environment. And when these pressures and stressors come against you, it doesn't mean that you're a lack of a Christian or that God doesn't love you or you've lost your salvation. It just means that we're living in a sin-carved-out world. But we have help. To overcome. Just imagine, this is what happens to everybody, but people who do not know Christ nor His Word look to escapes and remedies that in turn enslave them. Those various escapes and remedy solutions that they're trying to get a reprieve from just a moment or a day or a week of the feelings and the pain and the stress. They're trying to get, it, get past it for just a little bit. And they turn to remedies and solutions that end up enslaving them. Jesus told us. He said, you're going to have this kind of stuff. And then he says this. Turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Luke chapter 12, verse 22 in the New Living Translation. Notice what he says. Then turning to his disciples. Who did he turn to? His disciples. He didn't, he's not talking to the Romans. He's not talking to the Pharisees. He's not talking to the Jewish people who still believe in the law. He's talking to his disciples. Then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to eat or clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For God feeds them. And you are far more valuable to Him than any birds. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And if worry can accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use, what's the, can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over bigger things? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Verse 29, don't be concerned about what to eat or what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the what? Thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and He will give you everything you need. Here's another one. Philippians, you know this one. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Stress, anxiety, worry, moodiness, irritable, irritability, isolation, drug addiction, alcoholism, depression, paranoia. Things that we find ourselves as Christians 
being attacked with nowadays because we live in a high-stress world. How did we get this way? How did, how did this happen to us? How did I... I love Christ. How did I get hooked on this? How did I get to the point that I'm scared to leave my house? How, how, how in the world... I didn't do anything wrong and now this pain medication, I've got to have it to live. How does this happen? How did I get this way? Let me give you a verse of Scripture. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 6. If you don't remember anything I say this morning, remember this one. Romans 8, verse 6, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Rome. And the New International Version, he gives us an amazing insight. He says, the mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. You know literally what he's saying? He's literally saying it this way. If I can keep my thought life on the Word of God and the things of God and host some wonderful things, I will walk in life in peace. It's when I get my, allow my thoughts to be entangled with the stress of this world that suddenly death enters in my life. Through some way, drug addiction, alcoholism, pornography, perversion, anxiety, depression. When I cannot keep my thought life lined up with what God wants me to think about, for whatever stressors that come into my life, then death ensues in my life. Often the stress of life or tragedies or disappointments or unmet expectations consume us. Our minds become consumed with harassing and tormenting thoughts. So to escape those, we turn to unhealthy remedies. Alcohol and drugs and prescription medication, erotic relationships and isolation, binge shopping or simply giving up the disciplines of life. I talk to people continually. Well, I just give up. I just give up. I'm not going to pay no... T- I'm just not going to try anymore. I'm not going to try at work. I'm not going to try to keep the house clean. I, I don't care if I... T- I'm just give up. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Nobody, it never works out for me. I'm just giving up. When that happens, we've allowed a stronghold to be set up in our life. A stronghold. Now, what's a stronghold? Look back to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 again. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul reminds us that though we are spiritual beings, we are in a fleshly body and we walk in this fleshly body But the war we are engaged in is not a fleshly war. It's a spiritual war. We're in a fleshly body. We walk in a fleshly body. But we're in a spiritual war because we're really spiritual beings. And the Holy Spirit uses the term stronghold. Stronghold. Everybody say stronghold. The word stronghold is the word, literal word, fortress in the original language. It's a fortress. It's something that protects something. And the Bible says a stronghold is something in our lives that becomes a fortress. 
a hindrance or a barrier that prohibits us from being or receiving God's best. It's protecting us. It's protecting that addiction. It's protecting that moodiness. It's protecting that anxiety. It's protecting that depression. It's protecting that fear. It's a stronghold. And it hinders us from being God's best. For example, alcoholism drug addiction, sexual perversion, or uncontrolled lust, an uncontrollable and explosive temper, abnormal fears that paralyze us and cause anxiety attacks, jealousy to the point of revenge, insecurity, depression, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Strongholds that hinder us. From being God's best. I'm not talking about people in the world. I'm talking about people sitting in these pews. In these chairs. Sitting beside you. Anything in our personal lives. That prohibits us from being our best for God. Is a stronghold. Now here's the amazing truth. You can prevent them. From getting set up in your life. Understand this, if, if, if you're here this morning and you're battling with depression, I know, that, I know that devil. And if you're here this morning, you're battling with alcoholism, drug addiction. Maybe you're here this morning and you found yourself captivated by a relationship other than your marital partner. You're here this morning and you're worried you know the bills are coming. You don't have the money. and You've kept it from your family, but it's causing you to lose sleep at night. Maybe you're here this morning and you're just bound by fear and you're checking your husband's phone all the time or you, 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 you're always suspicious of everything. And you live like that. You live like that. First of all, if you are like that today, if, if, you, if you'll be honest and say, this thing is starting to control me, Pastor. I want you to know we have weapons in our arsenal that can pull that down in Jesus' name. We have weapons to pull that down. But if you say, you know, Pastor, I, I, I can't think of anything this morning that's really hindering me. Well, then I want... You understand, there's a plan afoot to try to bring something into your life to hinder you, and you can prohibit that from ever happening. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4 real quickly. Mark chapter 4. See, see I found myself... People, I grew up in church, and I was taught where to go and where not to go, what to wear and what not to wear, what to say and what not to think, but not, what not to say. But nobody ever told me what to think. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. My thoughts determine my direction and my destiny. My thoughts are blueprints for actions. Whatever I'm thinking today, I will act on eventually if I continue thinking upon it. Just like you have blueprints for your house, this is what my house is going to look like. Your house will eventually be what's on those blueprints. Well, my thoughts are simply blueprints for actions. Whatever you're thinking about and continue to think about, you will move toward. And everybody taught me when I was growing up, you need to wear this, you don't need to wear that. Christians look like this, Christians don't look like that. 
Christians don't go here. Christians go here. Christians don't go over there. They don't go to the movie house. They don't go to the skating rink. They don't smoke. They don't chew. And they don't go with girls that do. That's what Christians do. (laughs) Then I hooked up with Amanda, who went to the movie house and went to the skating rink. Mm -hmm. But she didn't smoke. Her grandmother chewed, but she didn't smoke. <laughs> Ooh, and she lived to be 97. I just remember. But nobody taught me what to think. And here I get to be a young pastor and... In fact, I believe this lie. Well, it don't make any difference what goes on up. What you think about as long as you don't act on it. Well, listen, what you think about long enough, you will eventually, it will consume you. It will will become your identity in life. And here I become a young pastor, and all of a sudden now I... I realized one day I'm bound. I'm bound by an impure thought life. I'm bound by lustful thinking. Fear has captivated me, and I'm bound by depression... And it all started with not understanding what I think determines my destiny in life. And I said, Lord, how did... I thought, well, I just woke up one day bound. No, you don't wake up one day bound. Satan doesn't have that much power over you. Look what it says in Mark chapter 4. The kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should spring out and grow, and he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. Notice the first four words, the kingdom of God. The Bible says in the book of Romans, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How does the kingdom of God come about in our life? How does righteousness and peace and joy come about in our life every single day? Well, notice what he says. The kingdom of God's like this. You put seed in the ground and you water the seed. And little by little, the seed will start to grow. It first the blade, then the head, and then the full grain in the head. In other words, he says, righteousness, peace, and joy comes to pass in our life on a continual basis by consistent process. Consistent process. Consistent process. That's why Jesus says, ask and keep on asking and you shall receive. Seek and keep on seeking and you shall find. That's why the Apostle Paul says, I plant, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. I plant, Apollos watered, God gives the increase. It's a process. The kingdom of God operates in our life by process. You just don't pray today and all of a sudden everything becomes wonderful tomorrow. It's a process. That's the way the kingdom operates. That's the way our life operates. That's how your children grow. That's how we get good in our craft and in our skills. It's a process. We don't start out as experts. It's just a process. That's how our money grows and to have a healthy retirement. You don't start out rich. You just save a little, 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 little by process. Everything operates by process. And when it comes to God's... Working in our life, it's by process. 
But did you know that's the way devil works in our life too? By process. There's nothing new under the sun. He is not, that Satan is not a creative being. So whatever God does, Satan just has to take it and imitate it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, in the King James Version, says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. First the thought, then the imagination, then the stronghold. First the thought, then the imagination, then the stronghold. First the thought, then the imagination, then the stronghold. I'm stressing out. I need some relief. Let's go take, I'll go drink with some friends. Just knock, the, just knock the edge off. You've entertained the thought. And all of a sudden now, next week, this worked last week, let's try it again next week. And then during the middle of the week, it worked last Friday, this is Wednesday, let's try it again. And then before long, because you've entertained the thought, then during the day you start thinking about it. Can't wait till this afternoon. We're going to go with friends and we're going down to the bar. We're going to knock the edge off. It becomes a mental picture. First the thought, then the imagination, then the stronghold. And then after about three months, guess what? You can't go without it. Stronghold. How did it begin? With a thought. With a thought. So let me close this morning talking to the men. I want to talk to you, men. I want to talk to you. I want us to man up this morning. Men, what, have, what do, are you dealing with and that you are starting to allow in your mind? We men think, well, we, I got this. I got this. And nothing got me. I got this. I'm big enough. I can. What are we allowing in our minds that is just in the embryonic stage of the thought? Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's fantasizing about someone at work. Maybe it's escaping, just escaping. I can't wait. I can't wait till the weekend. I'm going to get out there in the field and I'm going to hunt. And, 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 and that's your escape. There's nothing wrong with hunting. But that's all that consumes you now. It consumes you now. You're not taking care of things at home like you should be. Or you're neglecting re- uh, relationships at home or work because that's your escape. You're scared. I understand. You're stressed out. You just want a break. I understand completely. But everything, our thought life has to have moderation. Men, let's man up. What are you allowing in your mind that's starting to consume and race in your thought life that's starting to move you toward a stronghold? It's not there yet. And you think, I got this. I got this. I got this. I smoke, I smoke a little bit of weed. I smoke. It just knocks the edge off. But I ain't, it ain't going to get me. It ain't hurting nobody. It's a harmless thing. It's not hurting anybody. It starts, it, you have started the process to cope with the stress of life. And Jesus said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. He will help you cope with the stress of life. Come unto me, all ye who are weary and stressed out, and ye, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light.
Man up, men. What have you started to allow in your mind that you know when you get honest, you don't need to be going there? Thank you for listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Eddie Turner. Please join us at Family Worship Center, 3045 Memorial Boulevard, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, when you are in the Middle Tennessee area. You can also learn more about FWC at our website, www.familywc.com. Thank you again for listening to The Simple Truth.